Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This is an iHeart Original. Picture this. You're a resident of Haley, Idaho. Population 5,000. Small town life is treating you well, but sometimes you don't want another quiet night. Sometimes you want to get loud. You want to see some live music. There are a couple of late night hangouts like the Red Elephant Saloon, and some of them have live bands. Mostly local talent, nothing wrong with that. They sound good. For bigger names, you've got to head to Ketchum or Sun Valley, the big ski resort destination, about 15 miles outside of town. Haley isn't necessarily the best place to turn the volume up. But in June 1995, things change. All of a sudden, you can go see George Clinton, B.B. King, Bo Diddley, legends of blues and rock and funk on stage in front of maybe a hundred other people in a small, intimate setting. They jam and play late into the night and into the wee hours of the morning. Haley has never seen anything like it. Like most of the developments happening around this time, this is the work of Haley resident and movie star Bruce Willis. He's turning the volume up, way up. He bought the Mint Bar, which was just a seedy little dive of a bar in Haley. That's Steve Kearns, then the mayor of Haley. And he bought it and completely remodeled it. I mean, he didn't just remodel, he tore, tore the old one down and built a whole new building with an entertainment lounge upstairs. And, and they brought in some, well, quite a few nationally known acts to play the Mint with a, a first-class restaurant downstairs as well. And that was a, a big deal for Haley to have that sort of thing happening. Of all the Bruce Willis projects on Haley's Main Street, the Mint is the crown jewel the piece de resistance. It cost millions. 
And it's fitting. Willis, after all, worked in a bar for years before making it in Hollywood. Now he owns one. It's a concentrated dose of Willis's urban, New York lifestyle injected directly into the veins of small-town Haley. And that mixture will soon prove to be combustible. This one-time cowboy bar would soon be the site of an old-school Wild West showdown. For iHeartRadio, this is Haleywood. I'm your host, Dana Schwartz, and this is Episode 4, Mint Condition. The Mint was easily Willis's most ambitious project to date in Haley. Since going on a real estate buying spree under the veil of an umbrella corporation, the Ixne Investment Trust, he purchased the ailing property for $200,000 from its owner, a man named Wally Young, and set about reimagining it. With the cat out of the bag, Willis and his employees at Valley Entertainment, which looked after his business interests in Haley, didn't deny newspaper reports. Willis was spending millions of dollars to take the rundown dive bar into a new era, one that would showcase his love of music with live acts, and lots of Bruce Willis jamming with his own band, The Accelerators. But if this was going to work, Willis needed a little help managing the details, someone he could trust. And Joe McAllister, Willis's friend and business associate, knew just the guy. So Joe was actually doing some work on Bruce's house on 75th Street in Central Park West when I really started to get connected with Bruce. That's Rick Oliver, who would go on to become heavily involved with the men. I was head of corporate security for Polo Ralph Lauren in New York for close to 10 years. Buddy of mine was one of his top designers, uh, Kenny Thomas, but he wanted to get some of that product out to celebrities. And I said, well, you know, I can probably get Bruce Willis into some of these clothes. He goes, great, you know, and and I made it happen. Um, Bruce, uh, you know, he liked the thought. He, you know, he loved the clothing. He said, you know, hey, who's this Rick guy? I want to meet him. Uh, And that's where the connection was made. I met him at Planet Hollywood. Uh, mid-90s. Willis liked Rick, and Rick liked Willis. A little later on, Willis even gave Rick's friends a big surprise. Bruce threw me a bachelor party after I got married, and he he bartended for me. That's a good story to say, yeah, I had uh, Bruce bartend for me, you know. Willis told him what he was planning in Haley. And while you might expect Rick to be excited about the opportunity to get into the burgeoning Bruce Willis industry... Rick was non-committal. Joe invited me, I don't know, probably 20 times. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not into this. You know, I didn't know much about Idaho. The only thing I know about Idaho was, you know, skinheads and potatoes, right? Which happened, and that wasn't the truth, right? It was just, just my perception, you know, living in uh, uh, Manhattan at that time. The other thing that gave Rick pause was that, well, not too many people looked like him in Haley. There wasn't a lot of black people up there. And initially, I thought Joe was doing it to kind of, you know, uh, bring some uh, ethnic, uh, bring culture into the community, right? But Joe apparently wore Rick down. Bruce always had something going on during the holidays. Like, if it was the 
Fourth of July, he had a big fireworks show at the rodeo. And he always did a New Year's party, which was, you know, it brought everybody out, you know, John Kennedy, um, his fiance, just a lot of major Hollywood people and celebrities in general. Uh, so I would come out to some of those events um, and, uh, and visit, but I wind up, you know, staying. I fell in love with the place. Everyone seemed to fall in love with Haley. It was just so idyllic. And Rick had plenty of reasons to stay beyond the beautiful scenery. He was proving useful to Willis's growing enterprise. I helped him with talent, you know, buy the talent, recommended talent, and work with the, the artists when they got here, just making sure that they were okay and they needed anything, artist relations, if, if, if you will. You know, I was Joe's right-hand man, and, and people were trying to get to me to get to Joe to get to Bruce, right? Because Bruce isn't, you know, he's really not approachable. I mean, you could see him, but he's not approachable, especially uh, from a business standpoint. So, you know, talk to Joe, and if they couldn't get to Joe, they would tell me stuff to tell Joe, or they want to meet with Joe, and Everything was kind of layered. It was always something happening. But even though the Mint was set to be Haley's flashiest new hangout, not everyone would be welcome. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. After 18 months of renovation work, the Mint's grand opening finally came in July 1995. The first floor was a spacious 4,500 square feet, accented with dark red brick and green awnings that blended into the nearby buildings, 
including the Haley Town Center across the street. Haley had never seen anything like it. If you're coming in from the street, off to the left, it's like there's a couple of small steps. You go up and that's like the dining area, right? The bar would be to your right and the kitchen would be to the left of that. And if you kept going straight, you walk out a back door. The ambience, it was, it was, it was pretty nice. It, it wasn't like fine dining or anything. If you walk to the right, there would be a staircase and an elevator. So you could take either the elevator up or you can take the stairway uh, up. And that's where the nightclub would be. Two floors, both typically packed, was good for Willis and good for Haley. But not everyone was enthusiastic about the change. As the old mint was demolished, regulars of the one-time dive bar lamented its passing. Some asked to take vintage bricks and playfully throw them through an old window, a tribute to the bar's reputation as a tough drinking spot for the tough miners that once populated the town. The new mint was definitely different. Here's Rick Oliver again. So the original mint was just like an old cowboy type bar, right? They tear it down and they re- rebuild it. I think Bruce had like a five-star French chef in there cooking. So we're having a testing with the French chef and Bruce is there and Demi is there. Joe is sitting across from me. And the French chef is bringing out all these this really good food, right? And Bruce goes, you know, when I was a struggling uh, 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 actor living in Hell's Kitchen, I used to buy a big bag of frozen chicken wings, right? And I go, frozen chicken wings? He goes, yeah. He goes, Rick. And then, you know, he goes, and I get this tomato sauce. I go, like, the Heinz? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I came in a can. I go, contadina? He goes, that's it. Contadina. He goes, put that put that on the menu. Those chicken. I want the chicken cooked in the contadina uh, tomato. And you can see the, you can see the French chef, like, just getting red, right? I don't know if he was playing or if he was serious, but I'm thinking he had to have been playing. But Willis wasn't always joking. Early on, it seemed like Haley might be stubborn when it came to the rules. Work on the mint was briefly halted when Willis insisted on putting in heated sidewalks, an amenity that ran afoul of Haley's city code. This wasn't a heated sidewalk kind of town. Willis grew a little impatient. He said Haley was making him follow every letter of the law that it was in his words, getting ridiculous. He just wanted to get things going, make as big an impact in Haley as he had made in Hollywood. He wanted big acts. We used to bring in acts like B.B. Uh, King, Junior Wells, uh, Charlie Daniels Band. Uh, it, was, it was the place to be. But Willis's taste in music wasn't necessarily Haley's taste in music. And while you'd think Willis would try to cater to the locals, he seemed to be more interested in what Bruce Willis wanted to hear. And he brought in acts of various kinds from the East. Well, most of it was um, jazz and the type of music that, you know, you, you would find in the inner cities uh, on the East Coast. Uh, well, I shouldn't say the East Coast, from his area. Lee Schlender, one-time Haley resident, lawyer, and amateur music critic. And it didn't go over at all with the locals. 
because they didn't understand it. Or, you know, it just wasn't their, uh, their bag at all. They, they still liked um, a Western. If he had a Western band, the place would be packed. But he rarely did. And of course, Bruce would get up there once in a while with his harmonica and try to ruin it all. Uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, I didn't. I'm not a big, uh, <laughs> a big lover of that of that kind of music. But just because you showed up didn't mean you were getting in. The Mint may have been a public place, but it was still subject to Willis's demand for privacy. He never permitted any outside professional photography inside the building. And he sometimes dictated who could be allowed on the dance floor. An area firefighter who was ribbing Willis about his old Seagram's wine cooler commercials? Ejected. Someone who wanted to bother Willis or Demi Moore? Not allowed. He would slip me a grand and say, hey, watch Demi, get me on stage, get me on stage, uh, but I want you to watch Demi. And, you know, and I would, you know, go, all right, cool, you know, I just sit by her, you know, she had to go to the bathroom or whatever. I'd walk her, wait outside the bathroom door, you know, stuff like that. Or, hey, Rick, I got some people coming in tonight. Or don't let this person in the door. So I just cover the door. And then there were times we'd just hang out, you know. But, yeah, it was, it was more like that than like, hey, uh, I'll be on payroll for security. He would just, you know, like everything else, you know, like his shows. Like, hey, Rick, I need you tonight. Help me out. At the top of the no-entry list, reporters. Willis's longtime arch nemeses. Definitely, if, if he knew reporters or something, or someone, you know, who was known to be a nuisance or a pain in the ass, he would see him and say, hey, make sure that guy doesn't come in. But VIPs like John F. Kennedy Jr. and Daryl Hannah, they could waltz right in and maybe slip off somewhere more private. That's because the Mint had some secrets that were known to only a handful of people. You know the old movies where they had the uh, bookshelves and you you push the bookshelf and it turns into another room. Well, there was another room, you know, you, you push that and that's where the bathrooms are. And he's got a steam room that uh, seats about eight people. Willis had a hidden room where he and his famous friends and his big name ex could gather in total privacy. We're not sure if Haley's city code allowed for it, but it was there. I remember uh, we had uh, George Clinton there and it was, time for the show to start. I went downstairs and everyone's looking for George Clinton and his band. And I'm like, what the hell? Where, where, where are they? Where could they possibly be? I said, you know, we haven't checked one place. And I pushed open the, the door and they were all in the in that steam room just smoking weed. It was hysterical. I was like, man, you dudes need to get on stage, man. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're sorry. And it, the amount of smoke that came out, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. But the real draw of the Mint wasn't the out-of-town acts. It was Bruce Willis, who frequently appeared on stage with his band, The Accelerators. You could just be having a beer at the Mint, and Willis would just show up, harmonica in hand. He wouldn't announce it in advance. So if he would have done that, there would have been a line around the block. Maybe he didn't want the undue attention. But it's also hard to be a performing artist on stage and not have undue attention. Every time he did one of these, you know, on the fly things, the place was packed. I mean, it was, we couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, I remember we were over at uh, uh, Joe's house one morning and Bobcat Goldthwait, the comedian, you know, he came over and he was like, hey, I'm, you know, looking for, you know, 
Bruce Willis's house. And, you know, he's looking at me like I was the first black guy he saw out there, too, which probably was true. We said, what's happening? He goes, well, we're doing a show tonight. Bruce had called him and just said, you know, hey, let's do a show. I believe it was a Sunday morning. Because we were like, how is he going to put this, this together? You know, we're going to put it up on a marquee. And uh, sure enough, put it up on the marquee. And, and that night, it was it was packed. Bobcat opened up with comedy, and then Bruce and Accelerators came up and did their thing. But that was that was normal. That and, and Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis, right? So you know, at the time, his name, you know, alone, you know, you hear Bruce Willis is there, and you're going to show up if you're in town. Willis and his crew performed songs like "Show Me a Man Who Has a Good Woman." Good Morning Little School Child, The Spirit is Willing but the Flesh is Weak, and more. Belting out tune after tune in a style that was less singing and more, well, Willis had a name for it. In an interview, Willis once described his singing style as, quote, hollering. He was, in his words, someone who could holler loudly and in key. But maybe his singing was beside the point. Bruce is very, very talented. I mean, not just a good actor. Um, he's a great musician as well. I'll be honest with you. At the time, I was more impressed with him being a performer on stage and, and, and playing the harp. And, you know, Bruce has got this swag about, him. you know, he's cool. He has swag. And, 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 and I was just in awe. I thought as a musician, he was, he was better at being a musician than uh, being an actor. I mean, the diehard roles and stuff didn't do him justice. Bruce was okay as a musical performer. Let's put it that way. <laughs> He's a better actor than he is a musician. So the reviews weren't unanimous. Even so, Bruce and his accelerators were easily the highest profile act in town. And that made them a little bit of a target. There were other local groups like the Vornettes, a risque four-woman group that performed a gently salacious show. They liked to poke a little fun at Willis, singing He's a Local to the tune of He's a Rebel. Willis, they said, just ignored it. The Mint also started holding outlandish events like homespun versions of 70s game shows like The Dating Game or The Gong Show. Shows Willis might have watched as a teenager. Area residents competed to win Dinner at the Mint. The gong show was like an early version of American Idol, where if the performers were terrible, they were gonged. I was in the gong show uh, with Bruce. Yeah, we did a gong show thing. I was uh, I was a band of Holyfield, and, and I had a piece of tape over my ear, and you know, and, I, and, and Bruce was coming around with, with the broom, you know, when somebody gets gonged, and he'd come down and, you know, um, yeah, and he would sweep, you know, he'd go around doing his thing. He's actually, he's incredibly funny. Where else in the world are you going to see Bruce Willis dismissing bad entertainers like a prototype Simon Cowell with a broom? In his performances with the Accelerators and the Gong Show, it was obvious that this was a Willis playground. Even the Mint's restaurant disappeared, replaced with a series of pool tables that better fit the leisurely hangout atmosphere. But it also seemed like Willis couldn't decide whether the Mint should be a business or just a glorified man cave. An employee told a reporter that Willis once declared the bar open and free for everyone. The next day, the employee said, 
He came storming in, scolding employees because the Mint was losing money. The original Mint had been a rowdy drinking spot, full of ornery miners who wanted to blow off steam with a little drinking and maybe some fighting. The new Mint was more civilized, but any combination of alcohol, jealousy, music, and late nights is bound to end in trouble. Rick Oliver found that out firsthand. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Most people at the Mint were there for a party, to have a good time, but not everyone was on their best behavior. Here's Lee Schlender again. One or two of these guys, and I don't want to get too close to the names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but a couple of them had been in brawls and um, uh, raising hell downtown late at night, which was really unusual for us. I mean, it's a quiet little town. Hell, at nine, nine, 10 o'clock, it's locked up and everybody goes home. And that did uh, really get everybody's attention. They said, what's going on? While people in Haley were mostly low-key, there was a contingent that didn't like being pushed around. And that led to some real problems. Not because of Willis, but Willis's associate. There was that clash between perhaps one or two or maybe more. Uh, Bruce's hanger-ons that run into a little problem with some of our local younger guys. Sometimes these melees got a little out of hand. A man named Johnny Rowling told the press that he was visiting Haley from out of town when, he claimed, 
A Mint employee choked him and dragged him out by the neck. He lodged a complaint with the Haley District Court. Another patron, Dale Disher, said he was also dragged out by his neck and pushed down the stairs. In both cases, the Mint's security staff were the alleged culprits. Willis, of course, rarely commented to the press about anything, much less accusations of his customers getting knocked around. But spokespeople for Valley Entertainment asserted that anyone pursuing legal action against the bar was simply an opportunist looking to dip into Willis's deep pockets. Look, there are fights in bars. It's certainly nothing the Mint encouraged. But like in any bar, there were times when things seemed like they were going to go further. Much further. And it was during one of those times that Rick Oliver had to step up in a big way. And not against one irate patron, but a whole bunch of them. I kind of got into something one night. There was a kid, and he was, I don't know, is it proper to use the word gay, you know, but... I knew the kid because he owned a business in Ketchum. A group of cowboys giving him a hard time. I mean, like, and they followed him into the bathroom. And when I saw them follow him into the bathroom, I go, let me go. And I bet that, you know, they're going to give him a hard time. Rick didn't like where this was going. It's not that Haley was inherently prejudiced, because they weren't. But this was the 1990s when people might be more prone to let bigotry slide. But not Rick. And sure enough, then they're teasing him, and I go, hey, man, leave the guy alone. And they're like, you know, you know, F you, you want something? I go, yeah, let's go let's take it outside, just to get him away from him, you know? It was a group of them, and I remember going to my car, and I had my concealed weapons permit and everything back then. It was like something out of a Western. There was Rick, facing off with a group of homophobic cowboys in the middle of Haley's Main Street wondering if he might need to reach for the gun that was tucked in his pants. Well, I didn't flash it, but it was in my, my, my belt, right? So, you know, I was like, well, what do you guys want to do? You know, and they were all mouth. And they were, they were kids, and they were just being drunk and obnoxious, right? Someone called the police. The police arrived, and they saw a black man with a gun in a heated scene with a group of white guys, and Rick was taken into custody. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and they came in, and even with the concealed weapon permit, you know, this is still Idaho. They took me in, and it was, you know, you know, I had a decent attorney. And I was released the next day on, on bail, but, you know, it wasn't like, uh, it shouldn't have happened. Thankfully, the Mint had few nights that were that intense. But when they did happen, it caught people's attention. And because of that, there's a kind of irony that exists within the Mint that's worth mentioning. In retreating to Haley, Willis was looking for an escape from the spotlight. But the Mint brought it right to his proverbial front door. There was always someone trying to get a good story. I remember, you know, one guy came out, coming from out of town. I didn't really know what was going on. And he wanted to have breakfast. And at the time, I was doing some PI security stuff. So I didn't know if it was a case he was working on or what have you. But as it turned out, he was with, you know, uh, was it Star Magazine? Yeah, Star Magazine. Star, for those who may not remember, was one of those big tabloids in the 90s next to the National Enquirer. Headlines like, Killer Mom in Secret Romance with Hunky Prison Guard. It wasn't the New York Times. People making up stories. The stories, you know, they just want to confirm, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, there was one, you know, if I can recall correctly, something about a mobster's wife in New York and the mobster was, you know, going to put a hit on Bruce or something like that. And we're like, you know what? Bruce has probably got more money than that whole mob family. The occasional potential shootout and run-in with tabloids aside, Rick had a good time with Willis, with The Mint, and in Haley. But after a few years there, it was time to move on. Rick eventually found life in Boise, Idaho to be more to his liking. He's still there today. I'm still an artist management for a company called The Go Agency, a talent buyer. You know, I just finished, came off a big uh, summer concert series here uh, at Expo Idaho. Rick also got a taste of what it meant to be as famous as Willis, even in a town as small as Haley. I can remember being with him Me and him and the girls, you know, it was like a Saturday afternoon and we're at the Mint first. And obviously it's closed because it's it's the nightclub, it's in the afternoon. So we're in there with the girls and, you know, we're just in there dancing, just me, him and the girls. The girls referring, of course, to his daughters. And we turn on the music and we dance and then these people walk in, right? And we're like, you know, hey, this is closed. So they left, we got them to leave, and then, you know, we do that for a little bit, you know, and then we go uh, next door to Shorty's to get, I don't know, I think we'll get ice cream or something like that. And the same people, they walk in and they're just staring, and, and, you know, I get a glimpse of this, right? And I'm like, you know, what are you guys doing? And so they start to, like, try and talk, and Bruce is like, you know what? I'm here with friends and family. You know, what are you doing here? Like, so I got a sense of that, and I got that just from being around, you know, working for celebrities and, and being in that kind of circle. Someone always wants something, you know? It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough business. So now everybody knows that, you know, hey, Bruce Willis live, and Demi Moore live in, you know, Haley, Idaho, right? So people are coming out of the woodwork for whatever reasons. Increasingly, Willis was realizing that he could still be found in Haley, could still have people coming out of the woodwork. And no matter what he did, his every move was going to be subject to scrutiny. The bubble of privacy he had wrapped himself in, had wrapped Haley in, was in real danger of bursting. So Willis decided to lean into it. Instead of being a quiet Haley resident, he opted to get political. And the result was a disaster of nuclear proportions. The guy who had been sort of Bruce's money guy was someone that people were intimidated by. He was apparently like a big dude, and he was still around on the streets of Haley sometimes, and people were, I don't think, like physically afraid of the guy, but they were intimidated by him. If you're enjoying Haleywood so far, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people who might want to find the podcast, and it really helps us, the people who have made the podcast. Thank you so much. Haleywood is hosted by Dana Schwartz. This show is written by Jake Rawson. Editing by Derek Clements, Mary Dew, and me, Josh Fisher. Sound design and mixing by Jeremy Thal, Derek Clements, and me, Josh Fisher. Original music by Natasha Jacobs. Research and fact-checking by Jake Rawson, Austin Thompson, and Marissa Brown. Show logo by Lucy Quintanilla. Our senior producer is Ryan Murdoch, and our executive producer is Jason English. Special thanks to the people of Haley, Idaho, and all those who've shared their stories. Haleywood is a production of iHeartRadio. Until next time.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.